O Lord, now let thy servant depart in peace according to thy word. Mine eyes have seen thy salvation, which thou hast prepared before the face of all people, a light to lighten the Gentile and the glory of thy people Israel. Behold, this child is set for the fall and rising again of many in Israel. Yea, a sword will pierce to thy own soul, that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. start by asking us a question this morning. Um, how many of us are parents here this morning? Hand up if you're a parent here this morning. How many people want to be a parent at some stage in your life? You've got dreams to, to have children. Um, as you know, or if you don't know, um, Danielle and I have two children, Madeline and Lily. And you know, as, as parents, um, how many people want to be proud of their children? And we want to be proud of our kids, we want to raise them up, and, and we hope they represent us well, don't we? Especially when they're at someone else's house, and when they're away from your home. And um, you know, one of the things that, that I am very proud about, and we are proud about as raising Lily and Maddie, is the comments that we do get back from other people about our children. Um, we've heard even just yesterday that they, we celebrated their birthday parties, and and Lily, in between birthday parties, went to a birthday party. And, um, <laughs> you know, Danielle received really beautiful feedback about our little Lily and how gracious she is and how lovely she is to other children. And I remember on the, on the first day of school, um, it was her first day, and there was a child there that was really struggling. And, and as I walked in and didn't want to let go of her mum, and her mum was really struggling, and she was crying, and the child was crying. And uh, Lily didn't know this kid. And she just walked straight over to the child, put her arm around her, and just sat with her. As a father, I was just watching this going, that's my little girl. And the mum came over and said, who's this? Oh, this is my daughter. And that little child now and Lily are best friends. And it was amazing to watch Lily help in that transition. And it was about two or three weeks because the mum was really struggling to let go, and the child was. And with Madeline as well, we've seen incredible grace on Madeline's life. And so we are incredibly proud as parents. And uh, one of the things I, I still can't quite figure out is sometimes why the behavior is better outside the home <laughs> than it is in the home. Anyone else find that? You're like, I'm hearing all this amazing stuff, and then I see this person as well. I can't quite align the two. Uh, you, have you got a double or something, or what's going on, you know? But... I wonder what it must have been like to be Jesus' parents. I mean, that is some word over his life, isn't it? Anyone else had that word over your own child? I know when Mel and Lee were born, um, there wasn't a prophet coming to the, the, uh, the birth area and grab the child and say, my eyes have seen the salvation of the world. 
and then prophesy or speak forth a reality over my children, our children. That didn't happen. I wonder what it must have been like to be them and to hear those words spoken and declared over this little boy. Phenomenal. And so I want to take this back there to those words. So if you do have your Bible, just come with me to Luke 2, verses 29. Luke 2, verse 29. Um, I just want to acknowledge Paul Jack, who's with us this morning. don't want to embarrass you, Paul, but Paul is from Every Nation in Christchurch, doing a phenomenal work down there and really is probably leading the community down there because Bernard spends six months or quite a bit of time away overseas. So Paul's uh, and I relationship has grown and haven't seen each other for a little while, but I've gone down there and spoken down there. So it's just awesome having you with us. Um, Tania, his wife, can't be with us today. They've just given birth to their child a month ago. So that's number three. And so you're doing well, mate. Any, any more on the cards? That's it. All right. <laughs> so welcome, buddy. It's great you can be with us today. So make Paul feel at home. All right, Luke 2, uh, verses 29. Now, Lord... You are releasing your bondservant to depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation. The man's eyes saw not just the child. He didn't just see any child. He was waiting for this day. He was waiting for this moment. He'd been waiting for it for a long time because the Holy Spirit had spoken to him and said, you will, before you leave, before you die, you will see the salvation of the world. And so this day arrived. So a word that was spoken to him, I love God's timing and his words, and when they align, it's like D-Day. It's like the day the world changed. My world changed, 1997, the 23rd of December, at 10 a.m. in Rebel Sport. That's how clearly I know the day the world changed for me. And many of you have heard my story, um, but it's so profound the day that Christ entered into my heart and my mind and shifted everything for me. And I imagine this is what it was like for this man, Simeon. He's been waiting, he's believing, and then two people bring in a child into the temple. And he says, today is the day. I don't know whether you've made a commitment for Christ at all. I don't know. God leads us all and his timing over our lives is perfect. But I would just encourage you to think about the things that you hear today. And also, if we have made a commitment to follow him, this message is just as much for you as it is for someone. In fact, it's probably more for you than it is for someone that hasn't yet decided or committed to follow Christ. But here's this man, he says, my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the presence of all peoples, a light of revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. Verse 33, and his father and mother were amazed at the things which were being said about him. Wouldn't you be? You'd be like, man, that's my boy. He's talking about my boy. Whew, man, what some, what some child is this? Okay, so he's going there, verse 34. And Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, this is where things slightly change a little bit. They sort of heat up a little bit here. 
Behold, this child is appointed for the fall and rise of many in Israel and for a sign to be opposed and a sword will pierce even your own soul to the ends, to the end that thoughts from many hearts will be revealed. I just like the first part of the prophecy. Anyone else? It's going to be a light to the Gentiles. It's going to be the glory to Israel. What's this whole thing about piercing my soul with? And my thoughts are going to be exposed. What's all that about? Can we just drop that off? Can we just sort of forget about that, Simeon? No, no, it's the whole word. So if you're taking notes, this is my key thought. And if we ponder this and allow this to go deep into our hearts, I believe transformation will happen. Salvation is for the purpose of transformation. See, so often we can just think salvation is a one-off event and, yeah, I am saved or justified, but that is the start, not the end. Jesus came to save the whole persons, and so salvation, he is the salvation for mankind, is for the purpose of transformation. Sometimes as the church we can sing about the presence and we only ever stay in the presence. We never realize the presence is designed for a purpose. And so the presence leads us into the purposes of God. The love of God leads us into the purposes of God. We're not just to stay in the presence, but I love the presence, the presence lives within me, but the purpose he baptizes us into himself is for the purpose of transformation, which is ultimately going from one measure of glory to another to become a radiant, spotless people who ultimately he wants to marry, amen? And so salvation for the purpose of transformation. And I want to take a slightly different look or an emphasis this year um, from this whole element of transformation. So yes, he was cute, and yes, he was cuddly, and yes, he was a little baby, but we have to go beyond that and see him as who he was called to be and become and the role that the father was going to have him play. Because it was a phenomenal role who this young baby, this young man, this adult would be and become. And the things that he would say and the life that he would be and demonstrate would literally upset a major portion of the world and still does today, but it would attract a whole lot of other people that are in the world. That's crazy, isn't it? How he can repel some and attract others. But the Bible says he comes to judge every thought of our heart. And that's why. Because our hearts decide whether we will be repelled by Christ or whether we will be attracted to Christ. And when I say attracted, I mean in a good way. I don't mean, oh man, he's such a good looking dude. I think I'll go hang out with him for a minute. I mean, there's something about him, who he was, his very being, that is so attractive that you want to lay your life down for him. And so Simeon is professing, he's proclaiming, he's declaring a future reality of who Jesus is going to be. And that's what prophecy does. It declares, it foretells a future reality that's going to happen. We have had many powerful prophecies in this house and they have foretold of a future reality 
that's going and has and is taking place. The cool thing about this is it can be like literally the next day. So prophecy, you can speak and it can come into alignment, or it can be months, years, years into the future. Are you tracking with me? So I just wonder what we've been doing with the prophetic words that we've actually been spoken into of this house. Have we received them? Are we living in them and from them? Or do we not even realize they even were? Because we can. And we're going to look at how Jesus is declared a reality and his mum and dad get upset 12 years after the event that the words now start coming into fruition. See, it's one thing to have something spoken about a future and go, amen, it's beautiful, I'm loving it, I'm laying my life down for it, and then it turn up on your door and start knocking on your door. And the day that that prophetic word and God's timing align, boom, the world changes. God wants to change our world to a measure the day that happens. His timing, that word, bang, they collide. Now's the day I call it in and I call it forth. Yeah? That's the day we either run or we run to. It's the day we either bury our head in the sand or we lift our head out of the sand and say, yes, Lord, amen, Lord, come and do a work on my heart, Lord. So it's salvation for the purpose of transformation. It says that Mary and Joseph were amazed by these words. I'm sure they were. I would love to hear this about Madeline and Lily. He is the salvation that you have prepared. He is the light of revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. I'm sure mum and dad gave these words the big thumbs up. That's our boy. But what about this? Behold, this child is appointed for the fall and rise of many in Israel and for a sign to be opposed and a sword will pierce even your own soul. Ooh. Last week I preached on the word of God is living and active, a double-edged, and it comes and it judges the thoughts and the attitudes of ones. Or oh, this is it being declared Again, what's the purpose of knowing God? Transformation. How does that come? Through his truth radiating into our hearts and in our minds and showing us where we're at on the journey. And then us acknowledging that and turning to him continuously and saying, more Lord, more Lord, more Lord. Reveal more of yourself in me. Because my ways are not your ways fully yet. And I want more of your ways in my life. Because I know the day that you came was the day the world was going to change. Who is the world? Us. So he came to change every single person on the planet that was, that is, and that will be. It's his mission, his purpose for the complete entirety of mankind. So children that are one month old, Children that have yet to be born. The day the world changed when this little boy was born with a mission from heaven, from his father, to be and to declare his own ways? No. His father's ways. The father of all fathers who loves unconditionally, that has an abundance of grace and mercy and joy and peace for every single person on the planet. 
There is enough to go around for everyone ten times, million times over. Never runs out. That song, I love it. It's just a continuous flow. The question is it, to us all, whether we know him or not, is how much of that do we want? How much of that reality do we seek? How much of the transformation do we really want? Whether we've started or are about to start, or haven't even considered starting yet. This little baby would not only grow to be and become the salvation of mankind for those that choose him, but be the carrier of absolute truth. Truth which will expose all of mankind's thoughts and beliefs from their hearts and he would be opposed by those who live opposite to his ways. Do we realize he's speaking to us in this passage? He's speaking to us just as much as he's speaking to anyone else. I know my own heart. I know sometimes I can have a tendency to think, you're not talking to me. You're talking to Paul. It's Paul that needs the help, Lord. It's my wife that needs the help, Lord. If she could just see things the way I do, man, it would be sweet. See, that's our nature. We always want to deflect it. We always want to deflect the truth off ourselves. That's not me. The Bible says there is a way that seems right to a man, but it ends only in death. Because we always think, because of the nature we have, that we're right. So you've got to be talking about Kirk. If Kirk learned how to love, then I wouldn't be so offended. If Kirk knew how to speak better, I wouldn't be so offended. It's ABC person's fault, the reason why I'm struggling with this stuff. Now hear me, people's choices have consequences and some of us may have been dealt a really rough blow. That happens, has happened, will continue to happen. But ultimately that is not an excuse to then keep deflecting what God wants to do in your heart because it's for us. He's a loving Father. He sent His boy into this world for the purpose that the church firstly would be transformed into his image so then the church could reflect him on the earth and people would see him. That is the whole purpose of our lives, to be transformed so people who don't know him would see him in you and I. Is that an honor and a privilege to be invited to partake of that? I think it is. I've fallen in love. 1997, I fell in love. Not with a woman. With him. With him. And that love has continued to continue to do a work on my heart and my mind and take me from one measure of glory to another because that was the reason why the baby was born. Today is the day that it all changed. It may be the day for you. It's a continuous process, isn't it? It's a continuous day after day after day. And then there are moments with him where it feels like, bang, that was an event. And I guess that's what it was like for me when I initially became a follower. Key point again, salvation for the purpose of transformation. Because we can 
consistently see throughout Scripture that even his own men, these men called the disciples, were deflecting truth in their lives now and again. So they were walking with him, and then, yes, Lord, and then the next breath they were denying him and deflecting reality. So we're in great company as his people. We're all in the same boat. I remember Ingrid Hewitson saying to me once, she said, you know what, God, you just put us all on an island. There are no rescue boats coming. We just have to sort it out. (laughs) We'll either kill ourselves or we'll become the people God wants us to be. I thought that was a fascinating thing. I thought, should we give that a go? How many people would want to come? (laughs) But we see Peter denying him. Peter even rebuked him which exposed his own heart, beliefs, and convictions, didn't it? Who else? you got Judas betrayed him unto death. See, Jesus, this boy, the prophecy was, he's going to expose the hearts of people and the thoughts of people. And then 33 years later into the future, Judas's heart gets exposed. Along the journey, Peter's heart is exposed. Get behind me because your thinking is not aligned to mine. Your heart just got exposed. Your ways are not my ways. I'm grateful that his grace and his love covers me while I'm being transformed. Anyone else? I'm forever grateful that that love and that grace does not go anywhere. That's the purpose of it. It's there to enable me and empower me to become like him. That's why he doesn't go, oh, you Muppets, I've had enough. See you later. Sort it out yourself. We'll see how far you get. I'm going. And you ain't getting the Holy Spirit, by the way, because we've changed our minds. (laughs) No. He says, I am with you until the end. I walk with you until the end of my literal time here in the physical I will be with you forever in the spiritual. Then I'm going to send my counterpart. He's going to walk with you for the entirety of your physical life and he will also be with you for your infinite time and eternity with me. And then he is going to lead you into all of me. Man, what a promise. That is a phenomenal promise, isn't it? I'm going to lead you into the fullness of my life. My joy, my peace, my righteousness, my freedom, my healing, it's all on offer because it's me. But we see his men doubting Thomas. Oh, I don't know. I wasn't there. My way seems right to me. And all the other guys go, it was him. Mary came and said, it's him. It's him. She was so excited, she left the Peter at the, when Peter, when Peter had that, you know, that transaction in prison, the Holy Spirit set him free. He, she got so excited, she left him at the door, but that's beside my point. <laughs> but you see, these men, James, his own brother, I don't even think he is it. Jesus put up with so much. He put up with so much. And he did not revile. Who was this boy at eight years old was taken to the temple? Who was he? Because he was able to demonstrate something that I have not found in any other human being on the planet 
unless they have him. Even then, it's pretty hard to find. This little boy who this man Simeon said, he is the salvation. He is the light to the Gentiles, the glory to Israel. But guess what? He's also going to pierce your own thoughts as well. Because if you want to enter into this process of his life and what it was for, it has to happen. It has to happen for my people to become the very thing I want them to become because we've all been poisoned with something called self. So I've got to set you free from your self. It's an interesting thought, isn't it? I love this. Listen to the disciples. But Peter kept saying insistently, even if I have to die, sorry, even if I have to die with you, I will not deny you. And they all were saying the same thing. Would have sucked to have been Peter, wouldn't it? Been pumping at the germ, getting all big bravado, puffing up the flesh. I'm waiting for this moment, Lord. Here he comes right now. We know you're going to your death. Oh, here we go. Right. If you go there, I'm going with you, and I will not deny you. And they all said the same thing. Who can tell me what happened? See, that wasn't prophecy. That was flesh. But God calls them. And when the day comes to stand up and be bravado, where'd they all go? But God's love and his grace and his mercy and his joy, luckily for us, trumps all of that. It says, come on, come on. Look at the word that was over my life. It's for you because I'm here for you to demonstrate, to show you another reality. See, we were never called to change the world. We were never called to transform cities. I'm sick and tired of hearing this from leaders. My job is not to transform a city, okay? My job is to love God with all my heart, soul, mind, strength and be transformed. Jesus came and established another order of operation. It's called the kingdom. He didn't come and try and take over the political rule of the world. He didn't come and attack the Roman Empire. He didn't come and run around with plaques and banners and say, vote for Jesus and everything will be all good. He did none of that, okay? He actually came and just demonstrated something completely different that the world had ever seen. And then said, look at us, look at me. And some people went, and some people went, what's that? Because they hadn't seen a love like that on the earth before. They hadn't seen kindness, generosity like that on the earth before. See, our role is to receive his prophetic word. This whole book is prophetic. It declares a reality. We're all looking for these little individual words over our lives. Awesome. Get into the real prophetic word stuff. 
that he's spoken, that the young boy has spoken. Because we're here to demonstrate another reality and hope and pray that our world would turn from their stuff and look and go, what's that? Who are they? Those people heard a prophetic word that was declared over someone's life when yes and amen, and when I want to be part of those people, no matter what the cost. And they received this love and this grace and this forgiveness, and now they're actually releasing it onto other people. That was why he was born. So it's awesome that we can worship this baby and look at him and get caught up in all that stuff. And Yeah, it's fantastic. Understand all the bits and the bobs and the stars and the skies and all those things. Cool. I'm into all of it. But what for? Because if it doesn't have a purpose, it doesn't have a meaning, it's, it's pointless, it's dead. It's like God's truth. There is a purpose behind it. If all you do is worship it and there's no transformation, then what's the point? You're just filling yourself with absolutely just pretty much nothing. But yet this boy comes to do the opposite. Jesus literally came to turn his people and the world on its head and establish his kingdom on the earth, which we have been invited to become and part of. Even Mary and Joseph, Jesus' parents' hearts, would also come under scrutiny for the belief and convictions they carried in relation to the truth. How many of us are parents here again? Just a show of hands. Most of us, that's awesome. How would you feel about your 12-year-old coming to you and declaring and speaking and modeling a reality that you have completely no understanding of in fact, that actually confronts thoughts and attitudes in your own heart. How would you react? You jumped up, little. Who do you think you are? I gave you birth, I raised you, and this is how you treat me? I'm sorry, I'm just trying to be who I've called to be and share with you a reality from my, from my father. Now I know you're my physical representation father, but actually, there's someone else, and his ways are higher than yours. But he's put you above me, so I need to submit to you in love. See, Jesus has a completely different level of expectation than we do. Would you agree with that? We have all these expectations. And yet he turns up and says, yeah, well, that's of me. That's not, that's not, that's not, that's not, that's not, that's not, that's That is. That's not, that's not, that is. Well done. Three out of 20. <laughs> but his grace and his love covers but not so you can get three out of 20 every year on your score sheet. No, he wants to see four and five and six and seven and then 20 out of 20. Why? 
Because you heard something one day and you went, I'm going to commit my life to allowing him salvation for the purpose of transformation. So let's go have a look at this in Luke 2, 41. Luke 2, 41. I'm just going to read this bit quite quickly because this also gives context to the whole thing. Luke 2, 41. Now his parents went to Jerusalem every year at the feast of the Passover. And when he became 12, they went up there according to the custom of the feast. And as they were returning, after spending the full number of days, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem. But his parents were unaware of it, but supposed him to be in the caravan and went a day's journey, and they began looking for him among their relatives and acquaintances. When they did not find him, they returned to Jerusalem looking for him. Then after three days, they found him in the temple, sitting in the midst of the teachers, both listening to them and asking them questions. He's 12. Who's that boy, eh? And all who heard him were amazed at his understanding and his answers. When they saw him, they were astonished. And his mother said to him, Son, why have you treated us this way? Behold, your father and I have been anxiously looking for you. And he said to them, Why is it that you were looking for me? You love his response. What do you mean? Why have we been looking for you? We're your mum and dad. Did you not know that I had to be in my father's house? But they did not understand the statement which he had made to them. Mm. I wonder how many of our kids say things that we write off. We just think, you know, what about people that have just come to Christ? Not just a baby, really? Who knows? And he went down with them and came to Nazareth, and he continued, I love this, in subjection to them. And his mother treasured all these things in her heart. This is a beautiful picture of this little baby who's now a 12-year-old boy who knows his father's will speaking that, doing his will, and at the same time coming under and honoring his mother and father. Who's in the wrong, if it's a right and a wrong? And yet you still see him fulfilling everything perfectly. It's a beautiful picture of love. It's an incredible picture of seeing him demonstrate his love for his mum and dad and his love for his father. But as I said, see, Mary and Joseph have these set of expectations. Man, we set them up in our lives all the time, don't we? Why do you think there's so much hurt? Because we set all these expectations and they don't get met. But they can all be false expectations. See, they had an expectation on this child. But his expectation, or their expectations, according to the father's expectations, were quite radically different. And then you see the consequence of those two things being outlaid. Because he's been called, remember the prophetic word. Had they forgotten about the prophetic word? Maybe they had. It was 12 years later. Oh, 
is this this word that that guy Simeon prophesied over him? They don't even ask that question. They're straight into him. Where have you been? And then we see this other dimension coming forth and saying, well, I'm in my father's house. I'm where I'm supposed to be. I don't know how I'd react to my own kids. Where have you been? We've been looking for you. Well, I've been with him, Dad. And he spoke ABC to me. Oh, don't worry about that. We've been worried and anxious. Why, Dad? Did you not know where I was supposed to be? Oh. And then he submits and goes and his mother is smart enough to actually look into the situation and store things that she's just witnessed in her heart. I don't know if I would have been. The day the world changed is another day that their worlds got rocked. So it was when he was born, there was probably a number of things in between, and another significant day is when he's 12. You know, he comes to turn our world upside down. This Father Christmas Jesus, I don't know who that, who painted that image, if he just the, comes to bring you nice, good gifts. Yes, he comes to transform you. Yes, there are blessings that as you lay your life down, you will receive like joy and peace and freedom and healing. And yes, those things might turn out, those blessings may be of the practical as well, financial, objects, things, but none of those things define you or are to. But he comes to change and turn us actually the right way around. And I'm not just talking, I'm talking about mankind. I think so often, once again, we can think as the church and go, you know what, oh yeah, those guys over there, they've got it all so wrong and we've got it so right. And not realize really the only difference is on the journey of truth, people who have not yet committed to be reconciled back to him haven't yet started the journey of truth. And we have, but you don't arrive It's a continuous unpacking and unveiling of the truth within you. And the more that hits you, you realize, how can I ever be judgmental? How can I ever be self-righteous? How can I ever think I'm better than anyone else? Because the standard is level for everybody. So Jesus came to turn everybody's world the right way up. And it's just a continuous process of knowing him and following him. So if our worlds aren't being messed with, can I encourage you that you may, the distance between you and him may be great. Because it's the point. It's the purpose. Ooh. Life's comfortable. I don't know if hanging around Jesus was comfortable. Yeah? Man, that guy was persecuted. He had People coming at him. He had people trying to plot to kill him. Paul had people stoning him. Following Jesus is a risky life and it will get you persecuted. 
The fact, 2 Timothy says, if you're not being persecuted, you're probably not living a godly life. So he came to change us. But you know what? It's an awesome change. It's a life transformational change. It's not a negative. It's a positive. Even to being stoned for your life is a positive. That's counter-cultural to the world, isn't it? So how do we respond when we are confronted and apprehended by the purpose of Jesus' life? Do we ignore it and hope it goes away? I did that for nine years. From 21 to 29. He came knocking. I said, oh, go away! I don't want you! Oh, well, I do when I'm in the poo. I want you then, but I don't want you any other time. So do we just ignore it? What are you going to do with what you've heard today? Just ignore it? Straight into the lunch. Woohoo! Thanks for that. Yeah, it was a good message. Where are the presents? Come on, what are we doing? Going on a holiday, going fishing, got my trip planned. What are we going to do with what I've just said? Those who hear the word of Christ and have the ability to hear it, faith is produced in them. He's about producing a transformed people, isn't he? That's why he came. Not for us just to get all caught up with a lovely baby. It's nice, but babies grow up. What about this? Do we say, that's okay for you, but not for me? Oh, that's okay for you, Mark, but not for me. Hold on, I thought Jesus came to save the whole world. I thought you were on his radar. Because he knows every single person before they ever are. And he sees you and I into the future. He saw us before we ever were. And the Bible says he created everyone before the foundation of the world. So everyone is on his radar. Do we create our own version of truth and live according to this? That's comfy, isn't it? Uh, My God... Anyone been guilty of that? My God. He doesn't do that. My God. Who's my God? Set off off Google or something. My God. (laughs) Who do I want my God to be? He lets me do anything I want. Yes. There is nothing in store. I can, as long as I don't hurt anybody, we're all good. Tick, tick, tick. I'm signing up to that God. He sounds a lot like me. He looks like me. He's good looking. He's smart. And he lets me do everything I want. Anybody else want him? Yes, 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 yes. Sign this form and we can all go. What about that? Do we justify our own position away and blame others? Do we make up excuses for why we act the way we do? Or... Or, 
Today, do we take a step of faith and allow Jesus to transform us into his image through his absolute truth to another measure or maybe for the first time to the first measure? What was my key point? Salvation for the purpose of transformation. We're just about to watch one last clip because he is coming home. He's coming to reign on this earth. His home is eternity. His second home is here. And he's coming. Now whether we actually really know that or not, he's coming. We can have a nice head knowledge. You go, yes, Greg, but then our lives don't change. But if you know he's coming and he's looking for faith, then that will awaken us. So let's watch this clip. Well, today, they called you king. They think today they called you king they think you were the messiah who do you think I am you are the son of God what if he's not the one we're risking our lives for what he has shown us his power we must have faith in him don't be afraid trust in God Trusted me also. You know the way to where I'm going. We don't know where you're going. How can we know the way? I am the way. The truth. And the life. I am the Alpha. And the Omega. The first and the last. The beginning and the end. My lord, I had been expecting death to come. There will be no more death, or mourning, or crying. I am making everything new. <laughs> yes. I am coming soon. <laughs> May the grace of the Lord be with all God's people. Amen.
remain seated. And um, I'm just going to ask you to take a step of faith. Uh, Firstly, for those that do know him, I just want to pray a real simple prayer. But I remember five years ago saying this in my bathroom, looking in the mirror and saying to him, I'm never playing church. The day that I play is the day I walk away from, not him, but the organizational aspect of this thing called church. I'm never, never, ever playing the game that I see being played. You know, when you say these things, he calls you on them. Not straight away. About a year later, he called me. Remember when you were standing in your bathroom looking at yourself in the mirror and you were speaking to me about not playing? I said, yep. He said, well, today's the day that I, I heard that and I call it in. Are you going to go forward and put some of the things in place that I know that you need to put in place that I'm asking you to? I said, yes, Lord, let's go. So I want to ask you as his followers today, to stand if you want to pray with me and agree with me for more of him in your life. Don't stand if it's just a half-heartedness and it's nothing wrong with not standing. Okay? Don't. But if you know you need to and if your heart's beating a bit quicker, then can you stand with me and I'll pray for us as we as his people continue to move forward into tomorrow and Tuesday, that he is going to, and we're going to allow him to do a work on us. He was born to challenge and a sword would come and pierce every person, whether you know him or not, heart and thought, because he literally wants to bring you and I First, he adds his people into glory and then wants us to reflect him to the world. That's his process. So I invite you now to stand with me as a follower if you would like us to pray together. Thank you, Lord. Father, you see all of our hearts. You know every thought of our hearts. And Lord, we stand here before you this morning asking, seeking and knocking for more of you. Father, I pray that you would reveal to us, in us, more of who you are. I pray, Lord, that we would submit to this process. It would be different and similar. But I pray, Lord, you would give us ears to hear a frequency that maybe today we cannot hear. I pray and ask your Holy Spirit to lead us into all truth. I pray, Father, that you would pierce the attitudes and thoughts of our heart that are not of you. And you would reveal them to us so we're then able to repent of them and turn to you and receive more of you. 
Lord, we acknowledge today our absolute dependence upon you to change us. Father, we cannot change ourselves and may we not ever try may we just submit to the beautiful process, Lord, that you've put in place of receiving more and more and more of you. And as you shine your truth and your light into us, may we see and receive and then move forward. May we love one another as you're calling us to love. May we love those that are yet to know you and our friends and family members as you call us to. And may we, Father, be the demonstration of your life here on this earth. May that be the goal that we reach for as a church community. May that be the goal that we set our direction to. To love you, to love people. To go into this world and be a hope for others. And love others unconditionally laying our lives down for you and them. Father, we love you. Help us, empower us to a greater measure. And may we walk in the humility that your Son demonstrated here on this earth. And may we just be encompassed more and more by your love and your grace and enriched as your living word dwells within us. So today, Lord, we ask this powerfully. We mean what we pray. We mean what we ask for, Father. And I pray, Holy Spirit, you would take us at our word as we say yes and amen by faith and come and do your work. I ask this in Jesus' name on behalf of myself and my brothers and sisters. Amen. Okay, grab a seat.